Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, December 23rd, 220. This podcast is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul teaching through God teaching through Paul. And this is Paul writing a letter, and chapter 1 will cover troubles within you and all around you. And this podcast in the Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministry is brought to you by your generous donations. Go to companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or support by simply sharing this podcast with others or whatever your gift may be, a multimedia manager, or you can help uh, do a video podcast or just come around. Uh, the Companion Chapel is at number 338 rr5 paisley ontario canada we're on side road 28 slash 29 ontario canada n-o-g 2-g-o and yeah it looks like an abandoned house and it's a dilapidated house but this is where it all begins biblical literacy starts here and i don't sugarcoat the word and i make no apologies for it uh second corinthians Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. God teaching through Paul. And watch Paul give credit here where credit's due. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. That means he's not a volunteer. He can't help it. He has to do this. He wants it. It's in his heart. And in further in this chapter, you'll see he has a seal of God. And he allows that to come into his heart. And Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth... Remember, he is uh, writing a letter back to Corinthians, and it was Chloe, a woman running the church, with all the saints which are in Acadia, Achaia, Achaia. That's a place of trouble. That's what Achaia means. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's a good introduction. It's full of love and compassion. Uh, three, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. There's your comforter right there. All anxieties, fears, and worries disappear when you allow that comfort to come into your heart. Four, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God is the giver of unmerited favor to the unworthy. God is the giver of patience to the stubborn. God is the giver of mercy to the miserable, the wretched, the despondent, the depressed, the contemptible. God is the giver of pity. That's favor to the impoverished. And God gives these things because he will never leave you or forsake you as soon as you've had enough. You turn around and he is always there. You leave or forsake God, God will never leave or forsake you. And that's what Paul proved. He, Paul, there's hardly, I doubt there's anybody on the planet ever that went through as much as Paul besides our Lord Jesus Christ to get the word out. Um, five. <clears throat> For as sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, that's our comfort, also aboundeth by Christ. That's where he turned for his comfort, to Jesus Christ. Not the ways of the world, not anything in the world, like money, material things. He turned to Jesus Christ. He is our shepherd. We shall not want another. He feeds us with the bread of life. He is the living water. Six. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your comfort, your consolation and salvation. Because you can see by example 
we're not, we're not going to back down. Watch our faith. We're not going to back down for anybody. We know what's coming up. We know it's going to be a rough ride. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, okay, Christian, now it's a cakewalk. Yeah, here's a credit card, 100000 bucks on it, and uh, everything's going to be good. It says otherwise, offenses will come to you. Because this is the time of the prince of the air, who is Satan himself, the adversary. And the air means all-encompassing of life. So you have to watch yourself. And you have to have the gospel armor on. It says salvation, which is effectual. That means your mission in enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Whether we be comforted, it is your com comfort or consolation and salvation. So this is like the same sufferings. It's like you're going to turn your life over to God. And guess what's going to happen? Your friends are going to mock you. Some of them are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's another one over to the Christian. I guess that means, uh, you know, just mocking. The, the, the power of a mocker always lies within accusation, never fact. They have to be looked upon with, you know, compassion. Because look at their life. If that's all they got to sit there to mock you or, or, um, uh, or oppress you or just look at you differently or treat you differently, who cares? Uh, seven. And our hope of you is steadfast that's in the word you're steadfast in the word because you have a working knowledge of this word it's not something you just made up or romanticized that's and you hear these people all the time that are not steadfast i'm a good person that's your religion you have your religion i have my religion that means you just you just judge yourself these people judge themselves and we just finished reading the last couple chapters you can't judge yourself because you'll always make concessions for for uh, your for things you do. You will always make excuses for things you do. And what you're doing is you're compromising to evil. Okay, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall also of the consolation, of the comfort. And Salah on that verse there. Because think about it. What, what do you mean sufferings? Sufferings means to be meek. And meek means to afflict. And afflict... And in the Hebrew language, the word meek means that you have self-discipline. You don't go chasing off all vain curiosities just because your friends are, or it's popular, or the mainstream media wants to make you popular, and you can uh, go viral, or whatever it is your goal is. No, you stick to your principles, and that's not really suffering. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even life. Yeah, go ahead, read, read the book of Acts from chapter 13 on and watch what this guy went through to spread the word of God for us and for Jesus Christ, our Savior. He was called and he was not a volunteer. He was an apostle by the will of God. And all of you can be too. You just have to acknowledge your gift and you have to use it. God gives you a gift, every one of you. It's given a gift. And whatever that gift is, recognize it and use it. Now, Paul despaired even his life. He was almost, he was like, they left him for dead a bunch of times. They mocked him. They hated him. There was riots because of him. In Ephesus, there was riots. And, and what's he say in the next couple verses after that? In the book of Acts, back he went. He doesn't care. He's going in there and he knows. He's got faith beyond measure and his works back it up. Because faith without works is dead. Book of James. And I don't even, it's not even possible to have one without the other. Nine, 
But we have the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Yeah, they're going for it. There's nothing stopping them. And in this verse here, in the original language, there is uh, the sense and meaning gives this negative feeling. It means this sentence of death in ourselves. We feel it. We know there's a feeling that we could get off any minute. Like they left him for dead. They stoned him. They whipped him. He almost drowned. And he doesn't trust himself. He puts his trust in God. He knows even if he doesn't make it, if he's on his last breath and that was it, that he is going to get raised and he is going to be on the right side of God. He's going to be with Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Jesus Christ, our Savior, set up a kingdom, a peace beyond our present comprehension. He set it up by not compromising to evil. And that makes it a righteous kingdom. He's the only one righteous, the only one worthy. He's the only one that did not compromise with evil right to the bitter, brutal, humiliating end. Satan gave it all he had. And Christ did not compromise with Satan. He did not compromise with evil. 10. Whoso delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver a and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Okay, that's some nice language there. Let's just, uh, let's just summarize this up. If you follow God's law, that's God's instruction, that's this book. It's from uh, the cover to cover, which I'll teach. You can count on God. God will never leave you or forsake you. You leave or forsake God, you chase your curiosities, you, you chase your egotism, you chase your entitlement feelings, and where, where is your heart? As it's written, your, your treasures are where your heart is. Now be careful, are your treasures in heaven? Are your treasures in some financial portfolio? Or are they in your stuff, the house you treasure and covet, the, your lawn, yourself? Who knows? You know, 11. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. That's prayer. You pray for people. You don't just sit there and pray for yourself and ask for stuff. That for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. This is what, what Paul's saying here is these people support the church. They're not they they're not Paul. They're not the guy up behind the pulpit, but they recognize there's a many-membered body of Christ that has to be supported, and you support it by using your gift. Now, let's just talk about something for a quick second here. What do you have? Look around your house. What is this stuff? Are you profiting at the expense of others? Let's just think about your financial portfolio. Are you profiting at the expense of others, of their human rights and dignities? Look around. Made in China. Made in China. Made in, what's it, pick up the closest, closest piece of cloth that you have. Made in Bangladesh. Made in Indonesia. Okay, be careful. Where is your financial portfolio? You will meet your maker and he will require of you of your selfish iniquities. God blesses you to gain and rightly sits in judgment, discerning what you do with it. God allowed you to make that money. God allowed you to have two cars, three cars, more than one bedroom, two bedrooms, six bedrooms, more than one house, million dollars in the bank. God allowed you that. And remember what it says in the Bible. These are divine instructions from God. 
A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, who's rich? Do you have more than the basic necessities of life? Like, what do you really need? What do you covet? Remember, Lazarus and the rich man in the book of Luke. The rich man fared sumptuously on the luxuries of the world at the expense of others. And there he is up in heaven. Now what's he got? He can't even get a drop of water. And he's so full of himself up there in heaven. He's so full of himself. He even tries to change the word of God. He tries to get Lazarus sent down. You know, Jesus Christ was already risen from the dead. He's still trying to dictate what he thinks is right in his mind. Oh, I'm a good person. I'm going to, you know, send Lazarus down there to do something. Send Lazarus over here to give me a drink of water. He's still being a bully. He still thinks he has some authority. You have nothing. It's the same in the Bible to these people, to everybody. Sell what you have and give alms. Give generously. You're, you support the saving word of the Lord to be taught to the world as it is written. Your treasure will be in heaven and it will not fail you. It is incorruptible. For where your treasure is, there's where your heart is. Gifts bestowed upon others. You give to the church. You give, you, you give your time, your money, your labor. You give to the church and there's where your gifts are. Where is your heart? Don't give grudgingly or don't give out of your excess. You give and you make the many-member body of Christ come to life and you're part of it or you're going to miss out. You can't go up in front of the Lord and say, well, you know, it's just like just in case, lack of faith. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, and this should read in this, by the sincerity of God in all the manuscripts, not the fleshy wisdom by the grace of God, not with fleshy wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly, more abundantly towards you. Okay, grace of God, unmerited favor, that's blessings. And this is what Paul is saying here. We speak the truth. We speak the truth of the word of the Lord. Amen. Christ is the truth. The God of truth, the God of amen, and that is that period. That's what we speak. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to skip over spots in the Bible because it might offend some people. Let me tell you something. If God's word offends you, then you just think you're too good for God. Why don't you go write your own Bible then? Go write your own Bible, put on a sheet, some sandals, go hand out fish sandwiches and act all righteousness and see, see where you end up. Hey, you're probably going to end up in a straitjacket. 14, 13, for we write none other things unto you than what we read or acknowledge, and I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end. Hold that in your heart. This is talking about faith. What's in your heart? Where's your heart? Where are your treasures? Also, as also, ye have acknowledged us in part that we are your rejoicing even as you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all rejoice together. God made us for his, God made each and every one of us for his glory, for his joy, for his pleasure. Are you pleasing to God? Like how much do you think your father's going to put up with? Your heavenly father. In the beginning was the word. And wisdom was there in the beginning. Wisdom was there. Wisdom personified. That's Jesus Christ our Savior was there in the beginning. Before even the first Adam was formed upon the dust of the earth. Upon the high part of the earth. When the whole universe was a a pulverized dust and then God created and science has proven there's a creator 
because science can't come up with anything of of the infinite array of fossils there would have to be if it was evolution if we all came from some single cell whatever microbe then there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every single species that is now and that ever was at every minute stage of transition to people to kangaroos to an elephant to dinosaurs all, all the flora we find out there they don't exist they don't exist and that's all there is to it science has proven they found the whole Cambrian period 350 million years ago they can find plant stuff in fossils and in, in their digs and whatever they do all they find for that period is plant flora and animals that came that came on the scene ready to go and then they're gone no transitionary fossils in or out and where's mankind back then there's none. Oh, we're, we're millions of years old. And, uh, yeah, we evolved. No, we didn't. God is a creator. He's the creator. Or there would be an infinite array of fossils to prove otherwise and they don't exist, period. It is absolutely an abomination to God to think otherwise. And it, it's just an embarrassment to mankind. It's, just an embar it's not even an argument that you should consider. It's just an embarrassment when you see somebody talking about evolution. And you have to feel compassion on them. Like, they're so far away from God. They're so lost. You pray for them. Okay. As also, we have acknowledged us in part, rejoicing. Okay. The Lord's day, Jesus Christ, our Savior. 15. And in this confidence, I was minded to come unto you before that you might have a second benefit. As to pass by you in Macedonia and to come out of Macedonia unto you and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. Okay. Paul is just talking about the way he's been tripping around. You know, he's got, he's got things to do. He's on, uh, he's an apostle sent out one by the will of God. Back to verse one. Okay. 17. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness or the things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh that with me, there should be yay, yay and nay, nay. But as God is the true word of towards you was not yay and nay. Okay. What Paul's saying is like, Oh, you guys are all into this over here. Well, we're, we're, we're not uh, like the people before. Like, we've come a long way. We're modern. It's just, we should rewrite the Bible every time society decides to change what they think is right and wrong. Every it's so inconsistent. Paul's not flipping, flopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. Well, these guys over here got a ton of money. Ooh, their lifestyle is kind of morally corrupt. Uh, well, these guys over here got a ton of money. Oh, they're ethically corrupt. They don't care where they get their money. Look at them. They're just, uh, they don't care about uh, profiting at the expense of others, at the expense of other people's human rights and dignities, or at the expense of Mother Nature's rights. Oh, let's just invest in the fossil fuel industry here and just like, yeah, look at the money. Look at our return. Paul's not, hey, you guys got a lot of money. We can build a bigger church, a bigger steeple. No, no, no. Yes, 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 word of the Lord is, was, and always will be. It is the only consistent doctrine. It is the only principled doctrine and we have to stay true to that but god is true our word towards you was not yeah sure no no that you know those laws were written a long time ago they're not convenient no for the son of god jesus christ that's yeshua messiah salvation of yahweh 
who was preached among you by us, even by me and other apostles, Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. In 20, for the promises of God are in him, and yea, that's positive, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. That is that. Amen means that is that. There's no lawyers allowed here. There's no negotiating. There's no you going up to Christ when you're going to meet your maker. Don't you think? Everybody's going to die. And very soon. And according, like, If you look at a graph of the affairs of time, of planet Earth, look at your little blip. That's your little life there. And it's, it's very important. But it's such a short time. And you can't sit there and go, well, I'm just going to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to negotiate with God because I was a good person. And I think that this should happen. These people should come in. No, Christ is the truth. The God of truth. The God of amen. And the truth is the light. And the light is the word. The word of God. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And there is no limbo. There is no purgatory. There's no lawyers there to negotiate. There's no you there pleading your case. It's what's inside you, what you hold, where your heart is. And that's what... That's the difference between heaven and hell. And that's the way she goes. And that's the way it has to go. Because if there was any marginalizing, if Christ did not... If Christ compromised to, to um, evil, then where would the heaven be? Oh, there's compromise allowed in here. Christ did it, so we can compromise with evil also. God is not going to create another new hell. The hell is going to last on that side, and if people want to beat themselves up with the way they think and the way they act, then that's hell. They're their own rod of iron. And we sit there and look at them with compassion if we make it to the right side. We don't sit there pointing our fingers at them going, yeah, yeah, fry like a piece of bacon, yeah. No, that is blasphemy. It's a God of love. And until you beat yourself up so bad that you just submit with unquestioned obedience to the Lord and realize that you don't know nothing, you deserve nothing, and the way of God is amen, that is that. All the other ways of man, oh, they seem right at first, as it's written, but they're all the ways of death. Yeah, you might have good times, a couple days, a couple weeks, hey, a couple years, maybe even a couple decades. But what have you done? What's in your heart? Are you coveting? Are you idolizing? Are you committing adultery? That means just not being faithful. Are you not being faithful to the Lord? Because there's a marriage coming up and you want to be the bride of Christ. And that's all there is to it. Because if you're not the bride, then you're on the other side. For all the promises. Okay, 22. Now he which is establishes that makes stable us he which makes us stable that's the rock with you in Christ and hath anointed us in God for he has sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts that the seal of God in your forehead is the opposite of the seal of the beast the mark of the beast the mark of Satan that's your thought pattern it's not going to be a tattoo stamped on your forehead that's ridiculous it's in your forehead. That's your thoughts. That's your spirit. The intellect of your soul. That's your reactive attitude towards all actions that you do. That's your thoughts and intents. And God knows your thoughts and intents. Hebrew chapter 4. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. Don't think you're getting away with anything. The seal of God is the mark of the legit. 23. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul. 
that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Hey, Paul, Paul's not going to sugarcoat it. He's giving a warning here. Hey, hey, you guys, get it together. Clean your house. This is an individual. This is your this is your household. This is your church, your community, your neighborhood. This is your country on a world stage, from the kitchen table to the world stage. Clean it up. Take inventory of what's inside you. What are you holding? What value does it have? When you come meet your maker, you can't say, well, you know, I'm still holding something against this person. If he would have just, if he would have just done this, then I could have had all this. And Hey, good luck with that. Go beat yourself up some more with that somewhere else because you can't come in. The door is closed. Now, for that, we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. Listen. James chapter something, I forgot. Faith without works is dead, and one is not possible with the other. You can't make it up. You can't romanticize who you think God is. You can't You can't just think because, well, times have changed. The laws don't apply anymore. What Christ himself said, I came not to change one jot or jot of the law. I came to fulfill the prophecy written in Psalms chapter 22, amongst other places. And the reason Psalms 22 is not written to the chief musician is because it takes a lot to teach that. It's more for personal. Because a true teacher would have a tough time teaching that without crying. And I can't even think about it without getting crocodile tears. Psalms 22. Christ did that for you. He did not compromise with evil. And that was just a the most righteous, the most loving, selfless act of love and compassion that you should meditate on and think about what Christ did on the cross. He set up a valid, legit kingdom for us. And the rules are here in this book, and they're not that hard. Where is your heart? Where are your treasures? Where is your faith? Where is your works? I hope you enjoyed that. That was the greatest thing. First Corinthians chapter, or Second Corinthians chapter one, and I'll do chapter two. My name is Mike. This is a companion chapel, and I'm sorry about all the noise. Like it's either I have a propane light, a Coleman uh, camping light going which the microphone will pick up, or the generator outside, and it's windy and freezing in here, and i got to get moving. I need some firewood. Come on, bring me some firewood. Help with the many-member body of Christ here. Anything that you can help with is your righteous acts, and your righteous acts are your works, and your works are what you wear in heaven. Where is your treasure? I hope, I hope it's in heaven. I pray for you all. I love you all, and I love you so much. Maybe not what you're doing. But I love you enough to, to give my life over, to teach this Bible from cover to cover, just like this. Please help support this church. I have no wants or needs outside the basic necessities of life. And if you come by here, this farm in Paisley, you can see it's pretty, it's pretty basic. And that's all I need. But I, do, I would like to have electricity and internet and people helping out. You're part of the many-membered body. I'm just, I'm just doing this part. I'm not any good at doing the other part. If you've been called, many are called, few are chosen. Don't hesitate. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you share this podcast. And please support this podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And bye for now.